Welcome to Life Quest Liberty, live in-depth conversations with today's top writers, editors, and spiritual leaders concerning religious freedom around the world. On today's broadcast, we'll examine local and international factors that may be impacting your right to worship and obey God as your conscience dictates. I'm your Life Quest Liberty host, Charles Mills. Sometimes, to fully understand ourselves, we need to examine a person who is the exact opposite of ourselves in some areas, someone who doesn't always think as we think or act as we act. Such is the case of a gentleman we examine today, the late Christopher Hitchens. Lincoln Steed is with us to help us along this journey. Lincoln, where do we start? Well, we'll start with his end. <laughs> there you go. Christopher Hitchens, a well-known uh, journalist and, and uh Gadfly on matters of atheism and an attack on Christianity died uh, last year in a very public demise. He developed cancer and and uh, kept going to conventions and speaking on the radio and TV almost till the day he died and refusing to uh, acknowledge God and to repent, as he was told to do by many Christian people. In fact, he said he found it insulting that in his decline they were pushing him, thinking that out of weakness or fear of the unknown that he would he would suddenly become a Christian. He said this would, and I think he was correct, this would be the most suspect yes. conversion possible yes. just to save myself because I'm feeling bad and, and uh, think I'm dying. Not everything uh, Hitchin said was correct or, or admirable by any means, but the fact remains, of those of our listeners who ever heard him, he was an extremely articulate and rational presenter of some of the conundrums between secularism and faith. And he did expose, I think, very uh, in, a, in a cuttingly uh, honest way, some of the deficiencies of religion through the years and even up to the present. In the United States particularly, you know, there's a sort of a social religion that equates it with the state and and you're a good citizen if you believe in God and America and so on. And that's not in itself wrong, but it hides, I think, often an unthinking acceptance of faith or, or an, an, an unrationalized uh, faith construct. Mm -hmm. You know, just believe it because everyone around you does and, and, uh, and you think you'll be fine. And, and it may hide all sorts of ignorance about the world, sacred and profane, and allow all sorts of bigotry toward those that don't believe your viewpoint. And certainly as a Christian looking at some other religions, most particularly, not so much a religion, but I'll take it from another angle, the, the, the proponents of a religion, say in somewhere that we're like Pakistan, where we see them taking to the street over the silliest thing and yelling for the blood of someone else, we see clearly there that this is religion devoid of rationality and, and full of bigotry. And Christopher Hitchens was cutting in pointing out that this type of religion has been the bane of, of human existence for thousands of years. Mm -hmm. he, he was doing what a lot of people do. They base a belief on a system on a portion of that system. Wouldn't you say that would be true? He was looking at Pakistan and saying, look what they're doing over there in the name of religion. Religion is bad. Well, and he had much to say about his friend Selman Rushdie, yes. who, who wrote a... A fairly insulting, uh, or a book that was fairly insulting in elements toward Islam, and, and then spent the rest of his life under a fatwa and fear of being uh, assassinated by a radical Muslim somewhere. And that really, I think, started Christopher Hitchens off on his modern critique of religion. And there's, by the way, there's a great irony in Christopher Hitchens' latter life that he had a, a surviving brother, I forget his first name, 
but he was an equally adamant proponent for Christianity. Oh, really? <laughs> they used to debate. <laughs> Although I always found his brother's arguments a little hollow because his brother's bottom line contention was that religion is necessary for stability in the world. Hmm. He wasn't really, uh, in, by my listening, trying to prove it from a, an existential truth point of view. It was just uh, as a phenomenon, we need it because it has a certain byproduct. Right, right. But Christopher Hitchens uh, was correct, and anyone that studies history, or correct in his broadest comment, yeah. anyone that studies history knows that, that it was organized uh, Christianity with uh, the Roman Catholic Church that sparked the dogs of war for the Crusades that brought a great period of, of, of suffering. There was the, uh, the Hundred Years' War in, in, in Europe that was largely a religious war. And you could go on and on. The way I put it is that religion moves people, body and soul, in ways that nothing else can. Yes. And when that's moved wrongly, of course, then they'll become violent. But it's, it's, the religion itself doesn't have to be violent, but it's playing with deep-seated uh, emotions and motivations. But I do believe that Christopher Hitchens w w was, was doing a service to people by mm -hmm. asking for rationality. You know, the Pope Benedict in, in his speech at Regensburg said much about the rationality of Christianity. He claimed that it came about through Greek Hellenistic influences in early Christianity. And I think he's wrong because anyone that knows their Bible knows that in the Old Testament, God says at one point, he says, come, let us reason together. Right, right. <laughs> so there was always an appeal. There's this contradiction between rational thinking and faith, because faith is the essence of things that don't make sense. And so how do you, how do you bring those well, no, two together? Well, no, it doesn't say that. It doesn't say that. <laughs> What's That's it say? What's it say? They're things not seen. <laughs> okay, well, all right. It has to do a leap from the known to the unknown. Yes. Uh, faith shouldn't ask you to leap from the unknown to the even more implausible. Okay, all right. So even in faith, there has to be some rational thinking. Absolutely, all there right. has to okay. be. You know, what about Thomas? He says, you know, uh, Jesus said, you know, put to Thomas, who needed some convincing, put forth your hands, touch yeah. these holes, the, my scars. Well, there was some evidence, and then he was asked, to, as all Christians are, to go a next step. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to do this. Well, you can't prove that, but you need to prove it as far as you can to, to accept something just on a, you know, a purely mystical level from the get-go. Is, is they're the people that are heaven's gates. Yes. You yes. know, the heaven gate followers that. You know, they had this self-manufactured uh, idea of, of that they could kill themselves and join the star travelers. I mean, it made no sense. <laughs> or Jim Jones down in Guyana. Again, you, people would drink. Now, wait uh, a minute. Just a minute. It made no sense. Does it make sense for us to believe in a God we can't see, who is going to come in the sky, who is going to destroy the whole world in a flood of fire, who is going to transform us all into perfect beings and live forever in space? How does that make sense? Well, you're right. We better <laughs> shut this program. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> well, no, and that's what Hitchens did a lot. He would express yes. it in its most uh, far-out form yes. without the logical antecedents, and of course it's, uh, it's bizarre. But there are certain facts of God's dealings with people. You find many of those in the Bible yes. and didn't end with that. I, I know in the mission field in, in, in Australia. 
there were many occasions where people actually uh, were miraculously healed. Other people saw divine beings and so on, and, and, and you have to have a pretty rigorous test to be sure because it's yes. the province of the, 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 you know, the psychotic and the, and the disturbed. Um, and, and even the Roman Catholic Church, which I think trades uh, unnaturally in superstition, they still have a, uh, a very careful office to check on miracles for beatification mm-hmm, and so on. Mm-hmm. But that said, you cut through all the mist of that, and through the ages there have been widely acknowledged cases of people coming up against the divine. And, of course, any Christian that, that understands fully the Holy Spirit, you know, it's yes. a dynamic that works in people's lives. And the life of Christ, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. And I believe at the end of the day, that's the most convincing element in the book of Acts. That's what changed people. You know, like we, we were these men, men like you, and, and the Spirit has done this to us. We're men yes. like you, but yes. God has changed us. Yes, that's it. Uh, that's it. You can't naysay that, and then when someone sees now what you're like compared to what you once were, there's a power that they want. Yes. Uh, people are not usually convinced just by doctrine or dogma or, or uh, arbitrary considerations. Yeah. And, and I do believe that that was the Achilles heel of Christopher Hitchens. He, he hadn't had an emotional connection based on first-hand knowledge of, yeah. of the power of religion. But as far as he took logic, he was correct in, in describing Gross deficiencies in religion as she is practiced. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's exactly it, Lincoln. That's, that's the point I was trying to make, that the proof is in the heart. The proof is in, not in these fantastic promises and, and, and all the, the, uh, the, the teachings and the doctrines. The proof is, has coming into contact with a working knowledge of Jesus Christ changed your heart? Have you become a different person? There's where the miracles take place. There's where the power is. There's where the redemption is. There's where the faith has to live. Am I on the right track? Absolutely. Hitchens was around quite a while. And as I say, he even went into high gear after Selman Rushdie was threatened. But it's more than Selman Rushdie. I think the whole modern world is facing some of these existential questions about religion itself, not about God. God is an existential question with the rise of radical religious uh, terrorism, Mm -hmm. mostly Islam uh, at the moment, but all religions are capable of it. We have an article in in Liberty magazine now about Buddhist persecution of a uh, a Muslim minority in Myanmar or Burma. Mm -hmm. And in India, the Hindus there are uh, variously violent against uh, other religions, Christians and Muslims. So, you know, it, it happens everywhere. And it's a phenomenon of our modern world. Communication is making it more uh, well-known. Right, right. And I think the structures of modern society mean that it's probably more vicious when it erupts now than, mm. than when it was just a little local village. Yes. You know, maybe someone got massacred there, but now it could be... A whole country when the word sort of simultaneously is spread by cell phone. Yeah. So we've got to deal with that unhinged, out of control religion that, that emphasizes the violent rather than the divine inherent in it. And usually there's not too many divine constructs, even apart from Christianity, that inherently call for blood and fire and, mm-hmm. and intolerance to others. Mm. Christopher Hitchens to me is a man with his arms wrapped around the leg of an elephant. And he is saying, elephants are like trees. And he's not seeing any other part of it. He's just he's not seeing the trunk. He's not seeing the ears. He's not seeing the body or the tusks. He's not seeing the eyes, the tail. He's saying elephants are like trees. And we need to be careful when we look at religion, when we look at other people, that we don't look so closely that we miss the broader picture, the bigger picture. I think that's what I hear you saying. Am I right? 
Absolutely. He looked at the structure rather than the higher reality. And the higher reality by itself leads to unsubstanded mysticism. But we have to be grounded in reality. But if it stays there alone, it's the worst things that I've spoken about in other programs. It's established churches, it's state religion alliances, it's prejudice, it's the Inquisition. It's all of those things that Hitchens saw, bad things. And often I've said, written in Liberty Magazine, that religion is the worst thing in the world without spirituality. That's right. Amen. Hitchens got us thinking, but let's not think down his line. Let's go to a higher moral plane and see the good in religion and work to embody that good personally. That's what Liberty Magazine does on a regular basis. It gives us that broader view. It lets us step back and see what is going on and how it ties into what we believe and how we need to become that tolerant, accepting person that enjoys the full range of God's love around this world. LibertyMagazine.org is the website. Check it out. You can listen to these programs, subscribe to the magazine, and better yet, uh, send some subscriptions to some thought leaders in your community. That's LibertyMagazine.org. Lincoln, thank you so much. Always a pleasure. And until next time, this is Charles Mills, along with Lincoln Steed, editor of Liberty Magazine, inviting you to rest in the freedom of God's love. Goodbye, everyone. If you'd like more information about LifeQuest Liberty, call Three Angels Broadcasting Network at 618-627-4651 or email us through our website at 3abn.org. Join us again next week at this same time as we examine more of the threats and challenges facing your religious freedom. May God keep the flames of liberty burning in your heart today. Today.